Hey, baby, welcome back to another episode of the Hilts Podcast. I am your host, Miss Amber Kinney. And baby, if you are not already following us on TikTok and Instagram, listen, I don't know what's going on with you, but you need to go ahead and do that, okay? So we are the Hilts Podcast that is healed with a T at the end on both TikTok and Instagram. And baby, make sure you leave us a comment letting us know what you want to hear so we can talk about what you want to hear. But tonight, tonight... This is definitely a conversation that you want to hear. And I have a wonderful guest in the building that talks about narcissistic abuse from the lens of a survivor and someone who is validating the victims of narcissistic abuse, Miss Cynthia Smith. Cynthia, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm very happy to have you. I'm such a huge fan of your TikTok and everything that you're doing for the community and all the things that you're pouring back into the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. If nobody has told you today, you are phenomenal. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's so sweet. I appreciate the kind words. Absolutely. So like I mentioned, Uh, Our episode today is about helping others to avoid experiencing narcissistic abuse and also aiding others in getting out of narcissistic grips, uh, those types of relationships. So I'm going to jump into these questions. When did you when did you decide that you were going to use your experiences to help others heal and learn about narcissistic abuse? Okay, so I got out of that relationship in 2020. And it was the most devastating experience that I've ever had in my entire life. You know, I've been through heartbreak. I've had failures, you know, normal life things, but that experience broke me in a way that I didn't know was possible. Didn't think I was ever going to get out of it. Um, Thought I was going to be with this person forever, even though I was, you know, heartbroken on a daily basis. And once I finally pulled myself out of it and I started to heal from it, I got to a point where I knew that I had to, I had to share this information. I had to share my story. I had to use it to help other people. I knew that I felt like it happened to me for a reason, you know, Mm. surely I didn't go through this just, you know, for the pain. Surely I went through it to share my experience with other people, show them their flags and, and help them. So first I wanted to start a blog, but then when I started getting on TikTok, kind of just for fun, I was like, okay, let me try this out. You know? Yeah. That's kind of how I, so it was like a video diary almost like it was it was a way for you it was like an outlet for you to talk about what you've gone through yep yep yeah that's that's kind of how it starts with a lot of things you know you share your story and so many people can relate to your story and then they start sharing their own stories and then before you know it you're out here helping save people's lives and that's Mm -hmm. That is very commendable. And I just appreciate, like I said, I appreciate what it is that you do. What was that moment for you when you realized that you had to get out of that relationship that you referred to in your videos? So, all right. I knew for quite a while that I had to get out of the relationship, right? I feel like when you're in these relationships, you know, you have to get out, but it feels like you can't, you know? And so I knew for maybe a good year that I had to get out, but I always felt like it was impossible. I really felt so dependent upon this person to the point that I just literally thought I was going to die without them, like physically die. And so, you know, this went up and down, up and down. Okay, I'm going to leave. I'm going to stay. I'm going to leave. I'm going to stay for for a very long time. And I think that it wasn't something huge that finally made me get out of the situation. It was just like something clicked. And that's what I think for most people, something just clicks. 
So there was one day, you know, the same, the normal things were happening, the normal abuse, um, emotional abuse and verbal abuse. He got home and he said that he was going to go out of town, which he wasn't supposed to go out of town until the following weekend. And so I simply asked, oh, I thought you weren't going out of town until next weekend. Completely yeah. blew up at me, started breaking things in the house, yelling at me, you know, cursed words, the whole nine. Yeah. And so something just clicked in that moment. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, yeah, fuck up out of here. I need to get, get him the fuck out of my house, you know? And so. And he was in your house doing all that. My house. Yes. Mm. So yeah, the nerve, right? The audacity to be tearing my shit up. Okay. But, yeah. So in that moment, I was just like, all right, this is it. He, he would always threaten to leave as a manipulation tactic in order to get me to do what he wanted. And so when in that moment he threatened to leave and I knew he was going to come back. So while he was out, you know, fake leaving, I was at home packing his shit. And so when he got back, I had all his things packed and that's kind of how it went down. It just, it wasn't anything. I mean, it might seem major to some people, but that type of thing happened like very frequently in the relationship. But for some reason that day, it was just, this is it. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. You had reached your breaking point. Like it was, you were done at that point. I've been there too, where you reach your breaking point and it's just like, nope, mm -mm. I don't deserve this. I want to get out of this. I have to get away from this. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. That breaking point is so important, right? Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. It is. And, um, it's like when you're in it, you don't realize your own strength sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so getting to that rock bottom, like it's almost like you have to hit that breaking point in order to break the, what you, what you talk about often break that trauma bond. Mm-hmm. Yep, because exactly. That is what it is. It's a trauma bond. Yes. Um, so let's talk for a second. Then how does this narcissistic abuse cycle work? How does it start? Like, what does it look like? Tell us about that. All right. So with the narcissistic abuse cycle, there are going to be three parts to it. So first is the love bombing phase. Okay. This is when you meet the narcissist. They seem like the perfect person. They're laying it on thick with, you know, words of affirmation. They're going out of their way for you. They're showering you with attention, with affection, sometimes gifts. I mean, they're making you feel like you are just on a pedestal, right? And I guess like in a normal dating world, you don't really find that. And if you've never experienced a narcissist before, then it seems amazing. Like, oh my, this is my soulmate. This is the person for me. And so you trust them very quickly because of that. You know, you feel like they're your person and you get very vulnerable with them. And once they get you to that vulnerable place where you trust them at such a high level, then they slowly and insidiously start to pull back a little bit. They start to withhold affection here and there. They start to make backhanded comments that you can't really put your finger on and prove here and there. And over time, you know, you get things like stonewalling, the silent treatment where they just won't talk to you. And they're, they're going back and forth between this silent treatment and bread, bread crumbing where they will give you little doses of affection. Okay. So, you know, it's almost like the person that they show you in the beginning is just an illusion, right? It's, It's a person, this fake person that they created. And so they start taking that person away and you're wondering where the fuck that person went. Right. Because they were there in the beginning and they seem so perfect. And now I'm getting a different side of you. It's a different version, right? Who the and hell so, is this? Exactly. You don't know who the hell you're with anymore. But then sometimes they'll give you that little dose of that person of from that the beginning. Person. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it's like, wait a minute. 
there they are. There they, that's the person that I fell in love with. Mm -hmm. And it makes me truly believe that that person is still in there. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so it's so confusing. It puts your mind in this state of cognitive dissonance, this constant confusion, trying to figure out which side of them is real, which is kind of what keeps you in this trauma bond because you have this false hope that they're feeding you, that that person from the beginning is going to come back. And then comes the, the gaslighting where they're literally twisting reality to what they want it to be. Right. Yeah. So you don't know how to trust yourself anymore. You don't trust your gut. You don't trust your memories. They condition you and train you to trust them over yourself. Right. And so it gets to a point where you're just living in their false reality. You're living in their land of lies and you don't know how to get out of it. You know? And so it's a crazy place to be. I think if 15 years ago, someone told me that someone could brainwash me into living in a false sense of reality, I would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But that shit happens. Yeah. You know, yeah, it happens. And so at this point, you have lost yourself. You've lost your identity. You don't know who the hell you are anymore. All you know is who you are with them. Every day you wake up trying to please them, giving you, giving them your all, just hoping you're going to get a good side of them because you never know what you're going to get. Are you going to get the masked narcissist or are you going to get what's behind the mask? So you're living in anxiety every single day. You just feel stuck, but you love, you love, you love them so much, right? It's not actually love. You're trauma bonded to them, but it feels like love and you just can't get the fuck out of it. Right. Yeah. And so um, so that's the devaluing stage when they're putting you all through it, all through this, you know, gaslighting and abuse. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's just really hard to even realize that you're being abused because you're just caught in this false reality. You don't even yeah. know what's going on, right? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, you don't even realize what's happening. Yes, yes. Until you start talking about it, until you start kind of talking about it and your friends or family or whoever are like, wait a minute, that's not right that's a little fucking crazy, you know? So after the devaluing stages, the discard, but it could go either way. In my case, I discarded the narcissist. Discard is when, you know, they, they throw you away like piece of trash. Um, and that's usually when the narcissist has become, uh, they've gotten to the point where they've drained you of everything. They've drained you on an emotional level, mentally, spiritually, a lot of times financially. In my case, it was definitely financially as well. And they don't have anything left to take from you. So they're going to throw you away and get um, a new person or a new supply that they can start over with and drain in the same way. Yeah. And that's, that's the part that for a lot of people is the hardest part Mm -hmm. because it's like, you're now faced with this, this reality that the relationship you were in was never real. And the person that you were in a relationship with, that wasn't real either. Mm-hmm. like it's that that is a very difficult um reality to face um especially if you felt like you were genuine to that person you felt like you know you you wanted to pour into that person and you poured everything that you could mm-hmm. only to to now understand like what you were actually going through is an abuse cycle yes yeah it's a hard thing to accept yeah, especially in that that very beginning phase, that love bombing phase can really mess you up. Mm-hmm. It really, really can. Yeah. Because yeah, like you said, you're you're forever chasing that person. Like you're forever wanting that person to come yep. back. Yep. It's literally like a drug addiction. You're so <laughs> it literally is. To that side of them and you just can't you can't shake it. You can't shake it for shit. Yeah. Yeah. Man. 
What if someone is dealing with a covert narcissist? What are some of those not so obvious signs of that? So with a covert narcissist, it's not going to be like your typical, I think when a lot of people think of a narcissist, they think of someone who just is very like cocky and it's in your face, you know, but with a covert narcissist, it's a lot harder to detect. Yeah. Um, They have some different things that they do, like, um, victimize themselves. Um, nothing is ever their fault and they will do it in a way that, you know, it just makes it seem like no one ever appreciates them or no one is ever there for them. And they will just make, make it seem like, you know, everyone from their past is just, everyone's done them wrong. And it's, you know, yeah. And so, um, they are very highly sensitive to criticism. So if you don't agree with something that they say or feel the same way, they will get very offended very easily. Um, they'll throw in little insults, subtle insults, mm-hmm. like backhanded comments to where you can't quite tell if it was an insult or not. Things like that to where it makes it even harder to understand if they're doing it on purpose or not because it's so covert. Yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of us have dealt with those types of people at work (laughs) and family members and relationships, you know, um, that, that is, that's wild though. I know the, the covert, uh, Cause I mean, that literally suggests that you're hiding it. <laughs> like that's a level of manipulation that a lot of people are not equipped for dealing with. I agree. I agree. And like you said, a lot, I feel like a lot of us have dealt with it and just don't even know it because it's so hidden and backhanded. And then you're wondering why you feel so weird around yeah. them. Or yeah. you're wondering why you're like constantly seeking validation or why you're so irritated around this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your gut is trying to tell you, but it's just so hard to like say for sure. Yeah. It's hard to pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. So what should someone who is currently struggling with this know? So if someone is currently struggling with this, I would say that they need to know that there is life on the other side of it. I know when I was in it, it felt like there wasn't life on the other side of it. It feels like you're stuck forever and you're not stuck forever. It is possible to get out. It's possible to heal and it's possible to be happy again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause you, it does, it can feel like you're in a, a silo, like you're just in a pit by yourself. Yeah. And that's, is very sad. That's a very sad feeling. Um, it's very dark as well. Yeah. That's, it's scary. Very- And it's almost like you keep falling deeper and deeper into it. You just, you have no idea how to climb out. So yeah, there's definitely, there's a way out and and there is happiness on the other side. It's possible. Very possible. It is is possible regardless of how, you know, that trauma bond has you thinking that it is, there is, you absolutely can have life after that situation. I agree for sure. What are some of the effects on your mental health that you noticed after that relationship with the narcissist ended? Okay, so there were and still are a few things. Um, One is after I got out of it, this has gotten better, but after I got out of it, I had a very hard time regulating my emotions. So I would be fine one minute and then, you know, 10 minutes later, I would just like burst into tears with like extreme feelings of sadness that I like I couldn't control couldn't control it. And then it would just kind of go away. And then I would feel fine again. 
And it would just be out of nowhere, just outbursts that I just couldn't control. And so, you know, I think that had a lot to do with the fact that I had to suppress my emotions for so long with the narcissist because, you know, they don't allow you to feel anything. Everything you feel or think is wrong. And so you just kind of go numb. And so it was almost like I was learning to feel again and it was coming out in random spurts that I couldn't control. Mm -hmm. So that's gotten better with time, but I I do still experience that a little bit. I also had a lot of anxiety, bad anxiety when I got out, you know, because when you're in these situations, uh, you're living in a constant state of anxiety. And so it's hard to kind of come out of that, that mode that you're in. Um, I still have anxiety, but it's definitely not as bad as it was before. Okay. Yeah. Like literally I thought that I had a severe anxious attachment style. Yeah. It'll do that to you. And I really didn't because like when I was out of the situation, I was fine by myself. Like, of course, it took some time to get there. Yeah. But I wasn't like obsessively calling anyone. Like I wasn't going crazy. I wasn't mm-hmm. starting arguments and doing crazy. Like I wasn't doing any of that stuff. Yeah. They I- make you feel so like needy to that point to where you literally feel like you're just they will constantly worried about them at every single moment. And yeah, you're right. Like it, that's not really actually who you are. They just brought you to that level. Yeah. And you're not worried that somebody's out cheating on you yes. or Lord. doing all this stuff to you behind your back and things that you have to worry about like that. You, you're not even, you know, it's like that is lifted off of your shoulders at that point. Yes. Such a heavy weight to come off, just getting rid of that, that presence, that thick, presence that they have in your life yes absolutely yes I noticed that I had like some setbacks um in terms of like pursuing my career or like things like that I just didn't have enough mental capacity to do what it was that I needed to do mm-hmm. and like I fought through it of course but like I I don't know I just felt like it was it was a lot you yeah. know yeah just kind of like drained to the point yeah. where yeah yeah I can I didn't I kind of experienced that but in a different way like I noticed that I was very overwhelmed very easily with even just like simple tasks yes Uh, because I think it's like you said I didn't have like the mental capacity built back up yet or something and my memory I just like forgetting what I did five seconds ago I think that came from like the extreme gaslighting and things like that but yeah I definitely feel you on that Hmm. just the feeling of being overwhelmed yeah, it was just a lot. It was it was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So what advice do you give people who absolutely want out of a situation with a narcissist, but they don't know where to start or if it's safe? So the first thing that I always feel like is most important and that I tell people is to start educating yourself. Education for me is where it started. It started with a, you know, it can start with a simple Google search. And that can lead to ordering books on Amazon, which leads to watching videos on TikTok, YouTube, whatever, but just any kind of education you can get to help you understand what a narcissist is, what narcissistic abuse is, what gaslighting is, just all the things that come as a part of it. Because once you start to kind of understand what you're going through, Mm -hmm. then you can start to get to the point of acceptance, which can push you to the point of getting out of the situation. So education, in my opinion, is just number one priority key. Absolutely. I agree. I think educating yourself on 
on these kinds of things can definitely provide some light at the end of the tunnel there. Yes. Yeah. You start getting kind of validated and when you get validated, it makes you feel like, like you're not crazy and that you don't have to be so dependent on them. Like, oh, wait a minute. I can have my own thoughts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that part right there is so important. I'm not crazy. Yes. Because everyone feels like they're going crazy in these situations. I thought I was going insane. Wow. What do you suggest people do to heal after a narcissistically abusive relationship? So what I did and what I think is helpful to most is to do things that make you happy. And that can look different for different people. For me, that looked like spending time with my family because I was isolated as fuck while I was in the relationship. Surrounding myself with these positive people again, my best friends, my family, just getting that positive light in my life again. Um, I feel like you lose yourself so much in the relationship that it's kind of hard to remember what you like to do. So I, I suggest to people to kind of start trying new things. You know, you never know uh, what you might like now. I feel like the narcissist breaks you into so many pieces and you don't know how to rebuild them. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we feel like we have to be the same person as we were before the relationship. But I think the beauty of it is that you have all these broken pieces and you can build them back in a different way and become a different person. And that might look like trying new things, doing different things, start mapping out your future. What was the person holding you back from that you would like to do just kind of journaling and writing down those things and, getting your thoughts together, I think is, is super helpful and definitely going to therapy. Yeah. That therapy part is very, very, very important. Yeah. So I out because my best friend is a licensed therapist. So I kind of, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that was, that was, that was lucky right there. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so what do you, um, what's, what then is the impact that you hope to have with your online community? Yeah, so my biggest goal with the online community is to get as many people out of these narcissistic and toxic relationships that I can. That's, that's my number one goal. And it makes me so happy every time I see a comment saying that I left today or I got out. You know, it just, it really warms my heart. Like, because I know how devastating it is so yeah getting everybody out of these situations and educating people is my goal yeah and you know i can identify with that as well with the type of content that i create i have so many people that leave comments like you have no idea like how you're helping me on my healing journey and it does fill your heart but another type of comment that i often get is like well, what if the person is my mom? What if the person is a family member? So how can people who have narcissistic family members navigate their relationships with them, specifically if that narcissist is their mom or their dad? Okay, so in my opinion, all right, I'm gonna talk about a few different things. So if you are to the point where you absolutely feel like you cannot cut this person off, Okay, then I would suggest two things. First is the gray rock method where you just don't engage in the foolish behavior. When they try to provoke you or get you to defend yourself or try to get a reaction out of you, just give short answers and you know don't feed into it because what they're looking for is a reaction. So that's one way to kind of cope 
with them if you have to keep them in your life. And then making sure you're setting and enforcing boundaries with them to protect yourself. But I do want to add that I am not against someone cutting family members off because to me, toxic is toxic. And I don't care if it's a cousin, a brother, a sister, a dad, a mom, a grandma, if they are toxic and not giving you, not adding value to your life and they're, you know, making you feel horrible, then they don't deserve to be in your life. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. Because the question that you have to start to ask yourself is, would I allow someone who was not in my family to treat me like this? Right. Exactly. And usually the answer is no. Nope. So, so yeah, no, you wouldn't allow someone to treat you that way that, you know, that's not a part of your life. So I don't mm -hmm. think you should allow people who are in your life to mistreat you either. So as we wrap up here, Cynthia, I ask all of my guests this question because our podcast is about celebrating Black women for who we are in our whole selves. Um, so I always ask my, ask my guests, how do you celebrate yourself? Yeah, so good question. Um, I don't feel like I have like something really specific that I do to celebrate myself. Okay. I kind of feel like I just celebrate myself in little ways on a daily basis, just by, by finding like joy in little things. Like if I feel like I'm proud of myself, then I might go buy a bottle of wine and listen to some R&B and chill. You know, I just love that. It <laughs> makes me feel good. If I feel like, you know, I had a good accomplishment at work. I might hit up my friends and say, hey, do you want to go hang out, go get some drinks, whatever. Just doing things that make me happy and it doesn't look the same every day, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just enjoying your life. Exactly. exactly. I love that yeah. for you. Well, Sin, where can we find you online? How can people support you and what you're doing? All right, so on TikTok, my username is at sinful underscore, that's at S-Y-N-F-U-L underscore. Um, and then on YouTube, I'm also sinful. And I also do um, Zoom coaching sessions for anyone who's looking to get out of these situations or needs help healing. And that link is in my bio on TikTok. And I'm also on IG sinful on there as well. Nice. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you being here once again, and I appreciate so, so much what you do. For everybody that is listening, if you are not following the Hilt Podcast on TikTok and Instagram, go on ahead and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at the Hilt Podcast, that's Heal with a T at the end podcast. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want to hear so we can talk about what you want to hear. And as always, friends, Stay awesome and stay healing. <laughs>